Hi, I'm Joseph McClendon III, and welcome to the Cure for the Common Life podcast. Listen, you know as well as I do that motivation, empowerment, and inspirational stories, they're all well and good, but that's not what keeps us going. That's not what's going to change your life, and that's not what's going to move the needle in your health, your wealth, your happiness, your abundance, or your ability to be able to help other people and make a difference. What keeps us going, what produces results in our lives is activity, not action, activity. And when you can get yourself past the things that stop you and hold you back, that's when you'll thrive and that's when you'll crush it. And I humbly offer you these tools and strategies to kick your own ass and make the changes so that you can thrive. But most of all, I'm going to give you something every single time that you can do to create a change in yourself. Life is exactly what you dare to make it and fortune favors the bold, baby. So if you're ready, let's bold. Well, hello and welcome. Welcome back. Welcome to the Cure for the Common Life. I'm Joseph McClendon III. And as usual, I bring you the best of the best of the best to help you go further, faster in your life. And today is absolutely no exception. Today is, uh, I'm super, super excited to introduce you to Paul. Uh, actually, I've, I've only known Paul just, I, I don't, maybe even just not quite a year now. Uh, but when I met him, it was lights on and I recognized that I had to have him on the show and share his wisdom and his energy with you as well. Paul Martinelli is an internationally acclaimed speaker, trainer, mentor, coach, and so much more. He is uh, just a true believer in and a super, super example of it doesn't matter where you start and what you start with. It's what you do with it along the way that makes it happen. And, uh, you know, some, a lot of people know him as the founding president and current faculty member of the John Maxwell team and so much more. But what you might not know about him is that he is just an amazing, amazing man with a heart of gold. And one of his outcomes and is one of the reasons that we bonded so well is he's all about giving back and making sure that as many people as possible get the tools, the wisdom, the experience that it needs to go further, faster. So without further ado, I would love you to welcome my dear friend, Paul Martinelli. Paul, how are you doing? Hey, Joe. Thank you so much. This is an honor to be with you. Um, I love working with you. I love your mission. I love your energy and any opportunity. When my team said, you know, I had the opportunity to be on your podcast, it was like, schedule it fast. Let's go. <laughs> I don't want him to change his mind. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for being here as well, because kind of vice versa, I wanted to, I wanted to share you with my audience as well, because you know, you certainly are the kind of person that is a, a huge example of, like I said before, it doesn't matter where you start. I know you, you started, you know, single mom and you started out uh, with not a lot and you built it up. Share with us a little bit about your humble beginnings, if you will. Yeah, so I was, uh, I, I grew up in an abusive home. Um, I don't know how else to say it. The, the child of, the home of my child upbringing was not a safe place to be uh, emotionally um, or physically. Um, and my father had left my, my family when my mom was three months pregnant with me. And, um, and I, I think now if we were to look at it, Joseph, she probably would have been diagnosed with you know, bipolar disorder, mm -hmm. um, but it was a violent home. And as a result of that, I developed a speech impediment, a, a really bad stutter. And you know, I, I was born in the six, born in 1966, so going to school in the 1970s, a speech impediment in the 1970s was considered a learning disability. Right, right. And, and, and I wasn't learning disabled. 
as well as a red sorry as well as a red flag for bullies to pick on you as well oh and and i was picked on you know tirelessly and you know I, you know, I, I found that our beliefs are created two ways. The first is through, you know, space repetition of time. And so I was, you know, told over and over again that I was dumb and stupid. Kids would pick on me. And, and then also through an emotional sudden impact, you know, when something happens to us in that moment, we assign a meaning to it and it becomes our truth. And so I spent the first half of my life believing that I was dumb and stupid. And here's the interesting thing is, is, my, my older brother went to University of Pittsburgh, graduated with a degree in microbiology. My other brother graduated from Carnegie Mellon University with a doctorate degree in civil engineering. My sister graduated number one in her nursing class, and I didn't make it out of 10th grade. And for most of us, we're programmed that our DNA and our environment is everything. Well, we were in the same home. We were in the same school systems. Uh, and we had the same DNA, but what was different was our programming, what you yeah. would call you know, and I've now used the word encoding, right? I was encoded with a with a belief that I was dumb and stupid. And what we, the, what my psycho-cybernetic mechanism did was went out to prove that. And so, you know, I was I was I was that kid that just never really made it. I, I ended up failing out of school in 10th grade, uh, landed a dead-end job as a roofer and really could have gone either way. When I was 22 years old, I I had $200. I started a commercial cleaning company. At a, I bought a used vacuum cleaner and I started going door to door to ask people if I could clean their offices at night. Because I, I figured any, you know, any dummy could clean a toilet and I was any dummy, you know? Right. And, uh, and I did that for about two years, Joseph. And here's where, here's what happened for me. And I know it happened for you is I believe in divine intervention. Yeah. And God put an angel in my life, a guy I walked into his office to try to sell him cleaning services. And he handed me this book. Yeah. Now, it didn't look like this when he handed yeah. it to yeah. me. Um, Think and Grow Rich. And he said that he was going to take me through the book word by word, chapter by chapter. Uh, and, and he did that for about two, two years. And, and my life changed. Uh, everything about my life changed. I went on to build five multi-million dollar companies. I've traveled all over the world. I lost my stutter for the most part. And he never taught me what to think. He taught me how to think. How to think. And, he introduced, and, and, and he introduced me to this understanding of universal laws that you teach so well. You know, the law of vibration, the law of perpetual transmutation of energy, the law of gender. And he began to teach me how to think. And uh, nobody had ever taught me how to think. People had taught me what to think, but nobody had ever taught me how to think. That is spectacular. For those of you that are listening to us now, he held up a tattered, and when I say tattered, I'm, 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 just, I'm just putting it mildly. It's literally held together with paper clips and, and clipped. And the book is Think and Grow Rich. And that is one of the things that, that uh, Paul and I share is that was my first book as well. And somebody did something similar with me. But when I met Paul, I went to his office out there in Florida. It's been, like I said, almost a year now, maybe, maybe just shy of a year. And um, he showed me the book and it literally gave me chills because I looked at it and I recognized that he treated that book the way I treated my book. And that is that every page, I would tell people I read that book every year from the time I was 19 years old to the time I was 35. And every time I read it, I got something new or I remembered something. And so a question for you, first of all, thanks for sharing that. Um, a question for you. 
you said that there was a time that you said, uh, you know, you went out and you bought a vacuum cleaner and you started the business. What was it that made you that? Because that to me uh, led to other things, that person coming into your life and so on and so forth. What was it? And was there a defining moment that you went, I'm tired of being a roofer. I'm going to go do something else. Yeah. So all my life, I was an entrepreneur. I was that kid that would be knocking on your door, asking you if I could shovel your snow, rake your leaves, cut your glass, collect your bottles. I sold light bulbs door to door. I sold peanuts down the strip district in Pittsburgh. So I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. When you grow up poor, there's a gift that, that poverty gives you. And, and, and it's an empty stomach. And, and, and you, you know, if I wanted lunch money, you know, I had to earn it. If I wanted shoes, I had to, I had to earn it. And so I wasn't afraid of, of hard work. And, and so it, it became very natural for me that I knew I wasn't going to get it, get where I needed to go academically, that I was going to have to work my way to, to get what I wanted. So that's kind of what gave me the drive. But I believe, you know, again, there was, there was always something emerging from my soul no matter how down I was on myself, there was this, the spiritual voice. I believe that we live simultaneously on three planes of existence, that we're spiritual beings, we've been gifted with intellectual faculties and we live in a physical body. And this spirit side of me spoke. It's the side of all of us that calls us to our greatness, that reminds us that we're more than you know, we think we are. And and, 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 and I've trusted that voice. I, I had to, as a matter of survival from my home, if you've, if, 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 if you've been in an abusive family, you understand that you develop a highly intuitive factor. There's something that you can sense the energy around you. You can right. sense before right. the time bomb goes off. And, and so I've learned to listen to that voice. And so that voice was calling me forward and speaking to me and saying, you know, no, even when I was on the roof and I was stuck and I, and I went every single day and I hated it. And I thought this was as good as it could ever get. You know, I got to just play the cards I was dealt. I knew there was more for me from this voice within. And, and I, and I followed that voice. That is beautiful. That is beautiful because a lot of people ignore it. <laughs> a lot of people, you know, sure. getting, it, getting it with alcohol, getting it with drugs and things like that and just and put it out of the way. That is absolutely beautiful. And I know, and like I said, when I, when I met you, uh, everybody should know this. The reason why I wanted to share Paul with you as well, that he has an energy about him. If you don't like this guy, there, you, know, you really need to go get yourself checked out. <laughs> because one of the things that I so admire about you is, like I said, you don't keep it to yourself. You are passionate about sharing it with other people as well. Where does that come from for you? Where does that come from and why? Because you, like you said, you sold your businesses, you sold your company, and you've been a tireless crusader for people like John Maxwell and, and, and now, you know, I have the privilege of working with you now and, and uh, those kinds of things. Where does that drive or that pull come from to share and help other people better their lives? I think, I think it just comes from, again, I think it's a level of spiritual awareness that if you've been blessed as you've been and, I, and been blessed as I have, that, that you feel not only a responsibility, but an obligation to give back and so, you know, I wanted to be, you know, I, two things. I wanted to be an awakener for people and a door opener for people, right? I want to awaken people to their potential and then open doors to provide them opportunities to be able to live that. I, I also, um, I, I, early on when I, when I, I sold the cleaning company when I was 40 years old in 2006, 
And uh, I, I invested $300,000 to partner with a gentleman by the name of Bob Proctor, who um, was in, in the movie, The Secret. And so I was Bob's business partner for about three years. And it was great mentorship from Bob. And, and I remember there was a day I was in his office and he had, a, the, he had an old beat up copy of, of As a Man Thinketh. And I was reading it while he was on the phone. And uh, he got off the phone and I said, oh, well, you know, I just love this book. I had read it, you know, a thousand times before. And he said, well, go ahead and take it. It was like his copy. And I was like, oh, no, I, you know, I can't take it. You know, no, no, no. And he said, look, he said, you'll never be able to graciously give unless you can graciously receive. Yes. And, um, and that hit me. And, and I realized that maybe I had this money thing wrong, that, that maybe, you know, I need to, I need to really look at this. And so I, I began a practice of tithing and um, tithing into other people's, uh, other people's lives and taking 10% of everything I earn and giving it away. And that had opened up for me, Joseph, a, a whole new world. If, if you don't have a practice of tithing, I highly recommend it. N nothing will keep you on the edge of a living like tithing will. Nothing will challenge you about money like tithing will. And nothing will connect you to a relationship with God, however you define that, like tithing will. And so it's been, I think, a sense of obligation and responsibility, I feel, to give back because so many people, so many people poured into my life. You know, Patrick Hayes never took a penny from me. And I, I've, you know, I've generated about now about $750 million in sales in the different companies that I've operated since I was 22 years old. Uh, how do you ever repay that? I, you can't repay it to one person. I, I, so I've, I've just been committed to, to pay it back to as many people as I can along the way. That is spectacular. And, you know, you're certainly doing that for so many people. And one of the things that I, and I love this that you mentioned, and that is this whole concept of tithing, and that unless you do that, you're not, that part of your soul is never going to awaken. I, I was raised that way, you know, obviously in church tithing, that kind of thing. But it was interesting because um, you say it was a, a, a feeling of obligation uh, to do that. My obligation came from, because the gentleman that spent the time with me, that introduced me to Thinking Grow Rich, that introduced me to uh, the just the concepts of that there's more to life than what goes on just inside my head and that I can direct some things, um, he challenged me. When he, when I went back to him to thank him for what he'd done to me, just, you know, giving me the book and he didn't sit with me. He challenged me. He said, you read this book. And if, because at the time he had my, my motorcycle in his garage and it was broken and he, he kept it and he said, I'm not going to give it back until you finish the book. And I was angry. I was upset. And I read the book and it was like, you know, as I started reading, I'm just like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. And I couldn't put the book down. I read the book, did the exercises, and started getting results. When, when I went back to him to thank him for the way he treated me, quite honestly, not just the gift that he gave me, but the way that he treated me, because it awakened that that I was raised with, the whole tithing, the whole giving back, the whole contribution thing that I'd forgotten about, because I was so into my problems. And uh, what he said to me, he got, I said, how do I repay you? And he goes, you repay me by doing the same thing that I've done for you for as many people as you possibly can. And so there was, you know, I guess it's obligation, yeah, but it's just become, you know, who I am as well. And I know, like I said, you are one of the founding, the founding president of, uh, of John Maxwell's uh, group and everything, and you help people through that as well. And one of the things I wanted to ask you, because when I came to visit you in Florida, 
um, I, I walked in the room and uh, both of us were excited to see each other and I'd heard a bit about you and so on and so forth, but I was, I was nowhere near prepared for the level of, of fun that we had and also level of enthusiasm that you had in terms of pulling it out of me and interviewing me. I do a lot of stuff as I know you do as well. And a lot of people ask some pretty standard questions, but you were kind of joyfully in my face about that. Where did you learn that skill? Because I know that, you know, as a speaker and as a teacher and everything, where did you learn that skill? I learned it from, uh, from a guy by the name of Curtis Sliwa. He was the founder of the Guardian Angels in New York City. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, uh-huh. The guys who wore yeah. the red berets. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, when I, when, I, I, when I got kicked out of school, um, I joined the Guardian Angels in the city of Pittsburgh, uh-huh. and I spent a number of years with Curtis. And I moved up to number two with him, and I would travel around the country, and we would organize different groups. That's what brought me to Florida originally. And so I, I got really good at dealing with the media because we were, it was a fairly controversial group. Yeah, I remember that as vigilante. Yeah. And so, um, so I got really good at being able to ask questions and, and, and be able to kind of carve into where, what makes somebody tick mm-hmm. and find that, find what, what their motivation was. And, 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 and I'm a curious guy. And so I think that's where I, that's where I learned it. Nice, nice. And you've been so interested in helping other people um, move further faster, what I call further faster and change their lives. And so, uh, uh, you know, for me, I always like to bring people, I I love to ask the question, if there was the, let's say, three pieces of advice that you would give to somebody that um, you knew was going to shift their life if they did those two things, the three most important things, what would they do? that it was, it's absolutely a fundamental impossibility, a lawful impossibility for you to have the conscious awareness of an idea and not be fully resourced to bring it to fruition. You would not be able to form the conception of your dream if within you, there weren't the resources to bring it out. Now, that doesn't mean that it's not going to be hard. It doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes. It doesn't mean you're not going to fail. It doesn't mean you don't have to pay a price. But it means that you have within you the pattern plan as an oak tree, has the, as an acorn has the pattern plan of an oak tree within it. The moment you place that acorn in an, in an environment conducive to its enfoldment, it begins to attract everything necessary mm-hmm. for an oak tree to manifest. You have within you, the moment you have your dream, you have within you every resource necessary. If you'll place yourself in the right environment, you know, get yourself into one of Joseph's program, that's the right environment. If you'll do that, you will begin to attract to you in a very lawful way, not by luck, not by chance. This isn't principles. This isn't psychobabble. This isn't theory. It's, it's, it's how we operate. There are seven laws that govern the way we think and behave. That would be number one. Number two is, you know, you don't have to be great to start, but you got to start to be great. So wherever you are, whatever condition or circumstance you find yourself in, that is the exact necessary place for you to start. That the content of your life, the bankruptcy, the divorce, the diagnosis, the, 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 the resentment you might find yourself, the content of your life is the curriculum of your evolution. That, Paul, that, say it again, because I want everybody to get that. That is so freaking important. 
that the content of your life, whatever is showing up for you right now is the curriculum of your evolution. And just like we had mathematics in third grade and there, there, was, there was content and curriculum, if you mastered that curriculum, you went on to the fourth grade and you got harder and more complicated curriculum that made you wiser and more aware so the world would open to you. If you failed to learn from the content and you didn't turn it into curriculum, then you had to repeat it. And this is why we see people living life just in this circular motion. So, mm -hmm. so bless bless the hardships. It's why I started by saying, you know, I, I'm grateful for the for, for growing in poverty consciousness. Poverty teaches you things prosperity never could even come close to. And 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 the last is is that you have to stop expecting other people to see support or believe your dream. They don't see it. They, they've invested, they've invested in, in, in a picture of you. They've built a model, a mental model of who you are and they can't see beyond that picture of you. And you have to suspend the requirement of, 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 their, of their approval in order for you to start. That your past doesn't equal your future. And I think those are probably the three most profound things that if we can really understand and apply I think when we link our thoughts to purpose, everything begins to change from that. That is beautiful. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is why I have this badass on here right now. It's because those three things, and, and as a matter of fact, I, I love, you know, those seven, the, the, the seven laws, if you will, and there's, there's more, but those things alone, and I, the reason I had you repeat that about, you know, the content of your, of your past or your, your things are, is it, it is that way. The saying that you said about poverty teaches you something that prosperity will never teach you. The, op the other side of that, not the flip side, but the other side of that is prosperity doesn't teach you those things and prosperity without those lessons is misery. I've seen it over and over and over again. Unfulfilled people that have the money, have the cars, have all that stuff and are just so unhappy. And people always, you know, because we hear it all the time that, listen, it's, we, we tell people it's not the money, it's not the money, it's the pursuit and, the, and it's all the things that the person that you become and all those things. And I haven't met one person that doesn't have money go, well, I, I still want to get the money. And I want you to get the money, you know, because that's part of it as well. But that is, it's not the reward. It is one of the bonuses that you get from living a fulfilled life and giving people and learning from your own past. That is so beautiful, Paul. Thank you so much. And so a couple of things. Um, first off, I want everybody to, to, uh, indulge in your wisdom beyond this right now. And I know you teach classes and I know you teach things. And one of the things that I know you do is you take people just like it was taught to you. You take people through Think and Grow Rich. How can people reach you, find you, and and uh, and be more involved with what you do? Oh, well, thank you. Thank you, Judge. My website is just paulmartinelli.net, not .com, paulmartinelli.net. And um, I would love, I, I, I teach Think and Grow Rich every year for free, give it away. Um, and so there's, there's, there's teachings on that, uh, all kinds of free resources available on the website. Beautiful. And we'll put all that stuff in the description here as well. And uh, you and I are actually doing some things together. And, um, you know, one of the things I try to keep this at 20 minutes, so we're a little bit over right now. But uh, two things, I, 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 a promise from you, if you will, and that is that you'll come back and we'll do this again because I've just begun to. Uh, and, and then the second thing is, I, you know, I want everybody, like I said, to to be able to benefit from who you are as well. And 
you know, I want to thank you so much because I know the projects that we're working on, the new encoding and, and things like that. Uh, but I, you know, lastly, I, I, I love to ask this question. And I know, as a matter of fact, you probably even asked me it, and that is, um, what do you do that, that fortifies you and keeps you going now? What, do you, what rituals do you have that make you, that keep you forward motion, going further, faster, continue to take that step and do the things that you do? Probably two things. One, um, well, probably three. One is, uh, you know, I, I do, I sweat every day hard for 30 minutes. Nice. So, you know, work out really hard every day for 30 minutes, regardless of where I'm at. And I think that's, that connects mind, body, and soul. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's important to take care of your body temple. Um, you know, it's where your spirit dwells. Uh, two, uh, I have a practice of lullabying myself to sleep with affirmations. Uh, so I have, you know, I'll, I'll write a mantra and I'll, and I'll use that to fall asleep. And as soon as I begin to gain conscious awareness in the morning, I lullaby myself awake. And then I have a weekly appointment with the, a guy inside my head. I call Norm. He's that <laughs> voice. And, uh, I call, I call him Norm Joseph because he's fighting for normal he wants everything to be normal the status quo he wants to keep me in my tiny little box and so norm and i have had an agreement for well, the bat last 20 years that he's not allowed to sabotage me he's not allowed to come out in the shower and say you can't do this he's, when i'm driving down the road he's not allowed to sow seeds of doubt in my mind if he's got concerns we talk about it and i meet him on what i call a fertile field of possibility a Absolutely. place i've built yeah. my mind and we meet and um, and he's allowed to he's allowed to tell me what he's afraid of, what he's scared of, what I'm not doing right, uh, what he sees I'm doing wrong. And um, and we have a relationship like that. And it's been really powerful. You know, the, my favorite book says, seek the kingdom within you. Right. And find that voice. And, and if you'll do that, you know, uh, anything can be yours. Those are beautiful. And the reason I like to ask that question is because that is giving people a how how to proceed you know there's some there's absolute concrete things to do in that so thank you thank you so much thank you for sharing a piece of yourself thank you for continuing to do what you do thank you for the you're changing other people's lives and making a difference and being so good with yourself and thank uh, you guys love you thank you so much you as well my friend and so everybody please uh visit him paulmartinelli.net all the information and more about him is in the uh in the description here as well as we'll have him on again you will hear more from him so remember everybody that life is exactly what you dare to make it and fortune favors the bold and the trick to life is to do as this man has done boldly step up and seek out those footprints that success has lived so with uh from my heart to yours paul thank you so much and i will see everybody at the top thank you judge speak well god bless bye-bye Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Cure for the Common Life podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast player. And if you have any questions or comments or any topic ideas you might want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at josephmcclendon.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you at the top.